0: Many of you listening to me right now have found yourself in a situation or circumstance where you had to make a judgment call. In other words, you had to make a choice and you had to make it quickly. The truth of the matter is, many of us throughout our lifespan will be faced with dilemmas that require us to make choices. Often, when we are going through something, there is no perfect solution to our problems. However, what I love about God is He does not demand that our judgment be perfect in every situation that arise in our lives, neither does He require us to be perfect. He already knows that we are flawed, yet despite our situation, despite our habits that we might have in our life, He still uses us. He simply acts that we put our trust in Him and do the best we know how to do and he will do the rest. I am Elder Shanina Walker, and today on Let's Wrap, we'll be continuing with our four-part series, Good Girls with Bad Habits of the Bible. Part three, God Can Still Use You. Our key scripture is gonna be coming from Psalms 138th chapter, beginning at the eighth verse. And the Lord will perfect that which concerns me. Thy mercy, O Lord, endureth forever. Forsake not the works of thy hand. I want you to be confident knowing that no matter where you are right now in life, no matter what quick judgment calls you've made that have led you to where you are right now, no matter what bad habits you might have at this very moment, God will perfect that which concerns you. He will not abandon the works of his hand. How am I so sure? Because he shows us in the book of Joshua, the second chapter, the first and the 24th verse, as we take a look at the life of Rahab let's read joshua second chapter beginning at the first verse and joshua son of nun as he sent out to shittim two men to spy secretly saying go view the land even jericho and they went and came unto a harlot's house by the name of rahab and lodged there and it was told the king of jericho saying behold there came a men in hither tonight of the children of israel to search out the country And the king of Jericho sent unto Rahab, saying, Bring forth the men that are come to thee, which are entered into thine house, for they be come to search out all the country. And the woman took the two men and hid them, and said thus, There came men unto me, but I went not whence they were. And it came to pass about the time of the shutting of the gate, when it was dark that the men went out. Whither the men went, I wrought not, Pursue after them quickly, for ye shall overtake them. But she had brought them up to the roof of the house and hid them with the stalks of flax, which she had laid in order upon the roof. And the men pursued after them the way to Jordan unto the fords. And as soon as they which pursued after them were gone out, they shut the gate. And before they were laid down, she came unto the rooftop and said unto the men, I know that your Lord hath given you the land and that your terror is falling upon us and that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water on the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt and what ye did unto the two kings of the Amorites that were on the other side of Jordan, Shittim, Og, whom ye utterly destroyed. And as soon as we had heard these things, our heart did melt. Neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven and above and in the earth and beneath. Now, therefore, I pray you, swear unto me by the Lord, since I have showed you kindness, that ye will show kindness unto my father's house and give me a true token, and that ye will save alive my father, my mother, my brethren, and my sister, and all that they have, and deliver our lives from death. And the men answered her, Our life for yours, if you utter not this business, and it shall be, when the Lord hath given us the land, we will deal kindly and truly with thee. And then she let them down by a cord through the window, for her house was upon the town wall, and she dwelt upon the wall. And she said unto them, Get ye to the mountains, lest your pursuers meet you and hide yourself there for three days until the pursuers be returned. And afterwards, may ye go your way. Let's wrap. And we know that talking about the book of Joshua, we're talking about Joshua himself. And we know in first uh, chapter of Joshua, the Lord had already commanded the children of Israel And Joshua commanded them to be strong and of a good courage, to not be afraid, to not be dismayed. He said, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. He told them that I'm going to give you the land. All you have to do is go in and take the land. It belongs to you. I promise you this land is yours. But we see here that Joshua decided he was sent out two spies. So secretly, he sent out two of his spies to view the land, even Jericho. Now, we know that this was no ordinary house. First of all, this house was built on the city wall and it was close to the city gates. It also lets us know that there was a staircase that led up to a flat rooftop that appeared to be a continuation of the wall on the rooftop. It is believed by scholars that Rahab House not only was an inn, but it doubled as a brothel. So Rahab house, in other words, was well known throughout the city of Jericho. In other words, Rahab's house in itself had a reputation. Not only did Rahab have a reputation, but her house had a reputation. It was not uncommon. It was not unusual for people to see men entering in and leaving out all times of the day, all times of the night, business as usual. Now, we think about Rahab. Rahab, according to our today's society standards, Rahab would most certainly be judged as being a bad girl. And after reading this text, I must admit I found out some very interesting things about Rahab. First of all, the very obvious, if you don't know yet, Rahab was in fact a prostitute. Rahab was a harlot living in Jericho, a Canaanite city. So it's safe to say that Rahab was indeed a Gentile, and we know that the Jews have no dealing with the Gentiles. But yet, here it is. These two spies from the children of Israel found their way to a Canaanite city, to a place called Jericho, to the house of Rahab the harlot. Now, she was a prostitute, yielding herself to men for money. No doubt she was treated like a moral leopard to society. What do I mean? I mean, her type of business or her profession was not very popular back in those days. In other words, prostitution was not glorified in those days as it is now. What I'm really trying to say is there were no talk show appearances, there were no movie deals to be made, there were no tell-all book deals to be written. As a matter of fact, the Bible tells us that prostitutes were treated as harlots and that was a moral revulsion to their community. In other words, they were socially ostracized No doubt, I can only imagine in my mind, her living on her own, her trying to make her means uh, the best way that she knew how, she had to have developed some bad habits along the way. As I began to read the text, other than prostitution or being a harlot, we learned that one of the other habits that she learned was how to be a good liar. Yes, she lied to the king during a time of war, which was most certainly would hold the penalty of death if you were found lying to the king. Not only did she learn how to be a good liar, but we also see a habit of where she learned how to be deceptive in order to survive. She was not only deceptive, but she also betrayed her own people by aiding and abetting the men of Israel. She was taking a chance of being killed. If they had been discovered, she was taking a huge chance by hiding the men of God, She was taking a chance because she could have lost everything she had. Not only would she have lost her business, but she would have lost her life. Had they found them there, she would have most certainly been taken to the king and killed immediately. I couldn't help but wonder, how did she get to this point in her life? Could it have been that Rahab, like many of us, have found ourselves living under restrictions in the homes of our parents? Was it just too much for her to bear? So instead of living... Under her parents' rules, she made a choice that she was going to live by her own rules. You know how we get when we think we're grown and nobody can tell us nothing. No doubt, just like many of us, she wanted to experience a freer lifestyle or she wanted to live a lifestyle of thrills and excitement. After all, she was smart. She was high spirited. She was independent. She was a beautiful young lady. In other words, Rahab had it going on. So why wouldn't she be able to make it out there on her own? So she decided to leave the protection of her parents' home and set out to get a place of her own. No doubt, she had not really counted up the cost for what it would cost to survive, nor did she count up the consequences of her actions and the things that would happen to her along the way. Many times, women like Rahab are not bad girls. They're not bad girls at all. Actually, they are good girls. They just have some bad habits and often they are sinned against more than they are sinning their lust for money and their actual lust for men keeps them in a never ending cycle of abuse. Now we look at the second chapter of Joshua in the second verse, we see that the Bible says that the King of Jericho was told. So someone gave the King of Jericho a message. No doubt the neighbors who was used to seeing me and coming and going all around, they they went to the King and begin to tell the King, you know how it is when you got those nosy neighbors is always watching, always trying to see what you're doing, not liking the activity that's going on in the neighborhood anyway, but they were quick to go to the King to let the king know what was going on. So they went to the king and said, two men came in around dust. Now I could only imagine in my mind, these men, this person that went to the king saying, yo king, hey, I see people coming and going in the neighborhood all the time. Now I know that they look like they were strangers king, but they don't look like a Canaanite. They don't look like an Amorite. They don't look like a Hittite, but indeed they look like they were two men. From the tribe of Israel. And I believe, King, that these two men weren't coming here to be entertained, but these two men are coming here to search out our country. These two men are coming here to devise a plan. So the Bible says that the king sent out to Rahab a message. He sent to Rahab, saying, Bring me the two men that enter into your house. For indeed, I believe they have come to spy out, to search out our country. Now, in the fourth verse, it says, after receiving the word from the king, Rahab began to make a judgment call. In other words, she had to make a decision and she had to make a quick decision. Rahab made a decision that would change her life forever. In other words, she had to make a choice. When I begin to think about the choices that Rahab had, there was a couple of things she could have done. Now she could have told them to leave. You got to leave here immediately because the kingdom found out you here. And if they find you in my house, they're going to kill me. You have to go. She could have told them that or she could have gave them over to the king she could have said hey king here they go they came into my house i didn't know who they were but i don't want nothing to do with it here they are king or the third scenario was that she could have devised a scheme in order to protect the spies and what did she do we see where she took the men of god and she hid them and then she said unto the men who were looking for the spies Two men did indeed come here, but I don't know who they were. As I begin to think about it, Rahab had the perfect cover-up. She used her business as a cover-up. She said, I could only imagine in my mind her saying, what are you talking about? Two men came here. This is a brothel. Men come here all the time. Men are always coming and leaving. I don't know them by name. I don't know who they were. I have no idea where they're going. But I can tell you this. If you go ahead and pursue after them quickly, you will catch them. They just left. All you need to do is pursue after them. So Rahab now, not only has she lied to the king, but she also has deceived the king's men, telling them that the men already left through the gate, that if you pursue after them, you will catch them. Now, while all of this was going on, it was getting later in the evening. And the later it was getting, the closer it was getting for the time that the city gates were to be closed for the night. Now, the Bible says that Rahab had hidden the two men behind the stalks of flock on the roof. Of her housetop. Now, flax that those that don't know are tall stalks that grew about three or four feet tall. So this made a great hiding place for the men of God. Now the Bible say, as soon as the king men that were pursuing after the two spies had gone. Um, out of the city gate, the city gate was then closed and shut for the night. Now it was a custom in those days to shut the city gates when, when nighttime came or when it was dark for the protection of the city. So as soon as these men went out pursuing after the two spies, the gates were closed. Little did they know that the two spies were up on Rahab's rooftop. Now, verse eight says, before they laid down for the night, so it had gotten late, and now the spies were about to go to sleep. It says, Rahab came up on the rooftop and said unto the men, make me a promise. So here she is now petitioning the men to make her a promise. She said, I know the Lord has given you the land and everyone fears you. We have heard about the Lord and how it dried up the Red Sea. Now, right about here, I couldn't help but wonder to myself, how is it that she came about to know this information? Could it have been that she learned about the exodus from Egypt, from some of her traveling clientele? After all, there were many men coming and going, or could it have been that this was just a divine encounter orchestrated by God? Here it is. She could clearly see that these men were different, not business as usual, not ones looking for a good time, not idolatry worshipers at all. In fact, they had only one mission in mind to spy the land that they might overthrow it. Now here she stands, knowing very well she knew who those men were. She knew that they had came in that they might spy the land. She knew that they would eventually be coming back so that they might destroy the country and overtake the land. But yet she made a judgmental decision. She had to make a choice to either hide the men of God or give them over to the king. And she chose to hide them knowing fully well what was to come. Why do I say she knew fully well? Because as soon as she went back up on the rooftop, she said to them, I know the Lord has given you the land and everyone fears you. So she knew who they were when they walked in the door. She said, we have heard how the Lord have dried up the Red Sea. She already knew the things that the Lord had done. She already knew that the Lord was on their side. She already knew what was about to come to pass. And yes, it was about to come to pass with the assistance from a harlot, from the assistance of a prostitute. So I submit to you today that she was not a bad girl, not at all. Indeed, she was a good girl. She just had some bad habits. Why do I say that she was a good girl? Because had she not been a good girl, she would have never risked her own life in planning the protection or the escape of the men of God. Had she not been a good girl, her heart would have never acknowledged, first of all, that the Lord your God, he is God in heaven and in earth and beneath the earth. As we read on, she acknowledged who God was to them. She knew that he was the God on heaven and on earth. She had heard of the miracle. She had knew what, had, what uh, God had done among the children of Israel. Had she not been a good girl, she would have never showed them kindness and mercy. Now, as we look at Joshua, the uh, second chapter in the 12th verse, we see where she made them sw- swear by the Lord. She said, swear by the Lord, since I showed you kindness, that you will show me the same kindness. Now, what I love about this is I love what she did next, because next it shows us a clear look into the goodness of our heart. I'm telling you to those who are listening to me today, she was not a bad girl, not at all. In fact, she was a good girl. She just had some bad habits. She not only wanted them to show kindness to her, but she sought out kindness for her entire father's household. No doubt these might have been the same people that had cast her to the side. The same ones that wanted nothing else to do with her. The same ones that didn't want to be associated with her because of her reputation that preceded her. You know how we do when somebody have a bad reputation or someone into something that we're not into. We don't want nothing else to do with them. We won't answer their phone calls. We don't want to hang around them. We don't want to be around them. We don't want to be associated with them because to associate with them will make us guilty by association. But yet she thought about them. And wanted not only to save her own life from death, but also the life of her father, the life of her mother. She also petitioned for the life of her brother and her sister. And all that they had, she petitioned for their life. Now, when I think about Rahab and how she was interceding at this very moment on behalf of her family, I submit to you today, we can learn a lot from a prostitute. Many times when we've been done wrong by friends or family, even our enemies, we want them to hurt like we hurt. But this was not Rahab's story at all. Rahab shows us us an example of compassion and of love. She was not a bad girl, not at all. She was a good girl. She just had some bad habits. Now, when we look at the Bible, we see that the men of God answer her by saying, our life for your life. If you don't tell our business, (laughs) when the Lord gives us this land, Just like you dealt kindly with us, we'll deal kindly with you. I tell you today, church, you reap what you sow. So she let them down out of the window of the city of the wall with the red cord and told them where to go hide for three days until those pursuing them had returned. Then they could go their way. I read nowhere in this chapter where after the men of God left and were out of her sight, Rahab began to broadcast their business or what was going to take place all over town. She could have easily set them up for an ambush when they came back. But the Rahab was changed by those men of God. Her life was changed forever. She kept her mouth closed. A lot of times we have to learn how to keep things to ourselves. We can't go out telling everything when God has revealed something to us or God has showed us something that he's going to do. We mess up and we begin to share with others. Sometimes we just have to hold that thing to ourselves and pray about it and watch God move. Now Rahab had faith and she trusted and believed God. God used people with simple faith to accomplish great purposes. The Bible tells us all we need is a mustard seed of faith. If you are listening to me right now, you better know it does not matter what kind of past that you've had. It doesn't matter how significant that you may seem to others. I have said it before and I will say it again. We as people of God have got to stop judging people based on what they have done or still may be doing. God knows their heart and he will will and can use them despite of their past or even their current situation. Now, in conclusion, what I love about Rahab is she did not allow the fact that she was a prostitute or a harlot or had a reputation keep her from being used by God. Just like God took Rahab from the dunghill and elevate her to the bloodline of royalty. He will do the same for you. What do I mean? Her story started out as a prostitute, but it was not how her story ended. Don't you know? Haven't you heard? The Bible tells us that Rahab became Solomon's wife, the mother of Boaz, who married Ruth, who bore Obadad, who bore Jesse, who, who was the father of David which bloodline Jesus, King of King and Lord of Lords was born down into? Yes, Rahab, a one-time harlot, married into a leading family of Israel and became the ancestor of our Lord Jesus Christ. She was not a bad girl, not at all. She was a good girl. She just had some bad habits. I want you to know today, despite what people say or have said about you, you are not a bad person. You just have some bad habits. And as we can see through the life of Rahab, there is nothing too hard for God. You might be feeling this very moment like you've made wrong choices, like you've made wrong judgment calls or done things that have followed you most of your life. No matter how hard you try, it seems like people will not let it die. They just keep reminding you of who you used to be. As in the case of Rahab, though her name became sanctified and noble, there were still places in the text throughout the Bible where she was still referred to as Rahab the harlot. Even though she had long changed careers, she still carried the evil distinguished name of her past. When I thought hard and long about this, I came to this conclusion that it was not necessarily a bad thing. Why do I say that? Because even when people don't ever want to forget who you used to be, and we all know those kind of people. I remember when she used to be this. I remember when he used to do that. Even in all of that, let them, let them keep on remembering who you used to be. God let me know, Shanina, it's a wonderful thing. Someone may be asking just like me, a wonderful thing. He said, yes a wonderful thing. And I couldn't resist asking him the question, what do you mean? A wonderful thing. How can you say that? He said, because as long as they remember who you used to be, they will have to acknowledge who you have become. And there will be no denying the power of God and the operation of his Holy spirit to transform lives. Let's pray. Father, God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I just thank you for this teaching. God, we thank you for showing us through the life of Rahab. God, that you have not forgotten us. God, that you will bring us through any situation or circumstance. Even when we make judgment decisions, wrong choices, God, you're still on our side. For you said you would never abandon the works of your hand. God, we thank you that you will perfect those things which concern us. God, we thank you that you can transform and change lives. God, we give it to you today. We surrender our all in all to you. God, every habit, every addiction, every wrong choice, every wrong decision. God, we ask that you will make it right in our lives. God, use us for your glory and your honor. God, build us up when we've been torn down. Strengthen us where we're weak at. God, we need you like never before. We trust you, oh God. We we commit ourselves unto you, God. We surrender all to you. God, we ask that you will forgive us for our sin and our wrongdoing. Search our hearts, creating us a clean heart. Renew a right spirit. God, we trust you evermore. We love you, Father, and we thank you for seeing us not like man see us, but God, we thank you for seeing us through your spiritual eyes. God, we thank you for letting us know that we are not bad girls at all. Not indeed. We're good girls with some bad habits and there is nothing too hard for you. Lord, we love you and we praise you in Jesus name. Amen. I truly hope you are enjoying this series, Good Girl with Bad Habits of the Bible. We want you guys to continue to follow us on Facebook at Yasha Ministry Walker on Facebook. As always, we want to thank each and every one who continues to support this ministry. Continue to listen, like, comment, and share. Elder Walker and I love you, but always remember, God loves you more. Until the next time, have a blessed day.